Hello, everybody. On tonight's show, the West Coast is the best coast as we bring you headlines, impact transfers, and returning stars of the Pac-12. The questions I'm going to ask my broskies in basketball will burn more than the California sun in August. Recording live from somewhere, this is One and Done. Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. It's time once again for everybody to come aboard that Green Screens Media Train. Welcome to the one and done Pac-12 preview powered by Dr. Roto. Dot com. I am your humble host. My name is Jay Heinrich, the conductor of the aforementioned Green Screens Media Train. Find me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Dr. William Cannon. And let's get right to El Capitan himself. He is the captain of the Green Screens Media ship. Follow him on X at MC Holland 34, the OG Money Mike. That's Mike Holland. What it do, baby? What it do? I've got to stop playing these midweek college football DFS slates and my life would be a little bit better. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm waiting for the weekend, going to Texas OU, and uh, I look forward to seeing these horns pull out a victory, going to the national title game. We're not talking football, though. Let's talk some hoops. If you guys haven't checked out all our offseason stuff we did, please, please go back and watch it. We interviewed with something like 10 coaches. Uh, we covered the transfer portal. So if you're just trying to get caught up, I think we have, what, 30, 32 days or so um, until tip. Get out there. Check those out. There's plenty of content. We're going to keep bringing it to you. And I'm excited for tonight. You know, so we're going back out west. So talk about some Pac-12. Yeah, we interviewed like half of the Mountain West Conference coaches. So make sure you go back on our on our YouTube page and check that out. If you're hanging out with us, like and subscribe. But not before introducing he might be last in the intros, but he's first in our hearts. That is Eric the Blue. Find him in those Twitter streets at Fantasy Nav, the Baron of Bread of Green Screens Media. That is Eric Romanoff. What's happening? Man, about a month left to go. Mike did a fantastic job detailing all of the work that we have done over the course of the offseason to get to this point. But the train doesn't stop here. Obviously, we're here tonight previewing the Pac-12. We've also got our top 20 countdown, the top 20 returning players for the upcoming season. Those are going to be dropping every couple of days or so. So make sure that you are checking out all of those on our YouTube page, on our TikTok page. Basically, anywhere you find us, you will find that top 20 countdown. And at least here recently, anywhere you find us, you're also finding Kalen ready to jump into the Pac-12. Needs it right there, baby. In the veins. And two shows in a row right there along with Kalen. We got Riley ready to go jump into some Pac-12. This this is going to be an absolute blast of a conference. Riley! What's up, Kalen? Thanks for checking into the comments. Just like Riley and Kalen did, you can also hop the final Pac-12 preview. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> and what is it going to be like? Like the Pac-3 and 3 quarters or something by the next Ooh, time we <laughs> – I don't know. And a quarter. Something like that. Yeah, do, do – Three, the pack tree fitty. Um, but yeah, last one. Uh, but this is not our last uh, preview show that we're doing. No, no. Plenty more to come as we get closer. So make sure you like and subscribe and turn on those notification bells so you don't miss a minute of our college basketball coverage, including tonight, our Pac-12 preview. Let's go ahead and jump into it now. Last year, UCLA Ran away with this thing, 18-2 and two in regular season play. That's pretty, pretty impressive. But doesn't always go as it seems it might in the conference title game as a very talented Arizona squad won that conference tournament title with a close victory over the Bruins. The Pac-12 was a four-bid league last year, a couple of two-seeds in UCLA and Arizona, and of course, USC was a 10 seed, Arizona State was an 11 seed, and only the Bruins got out of the round of 64. Famously enough, um, Arizona was somebody that I picked to just maybe go a long way. I don't know exactly how far I picked Arizona before. I don't remember. Go check but that they show not, out. <laughs> they did not make it out of the uh, – it doesn't matter how far they made. They didn't go very far. Okay, that's all right. However, 
This conference did rank fifth overall in Ken Palm's conference rankings with nine teams inside the top 100. We like to go to the headlines now. Let's just jump right into it. You know we start our headlines with Eric the Blue. Eric, give us some Pac-12 headlines. Yeah, look, kind of like you detailed, this uh, this was a super top-heavy conference last year. There were some people that were maybe thinking a national champion could arise out of this conference. Um, look, we, we know uh, that UCLA and USC and Arizona are going to have tons of talent, right? But the, the question is, you know, where – where do we find balance in this in this league, right? What about everyone else? Dana Altman and his Ducks, you know, they they seem like they're always sniffing around near the top. But you know, can can this be the year where they take that step? Obviously, we've got Cal bringing in Mark Madsen, and he brings right along with him a fully loaded transfer class. Is that going to be enough to pull this team out of the cellar that they've been dwelling in for the last few years? You know, what What about this kind of middle class that's been hanging out there for a while? Do any of them get incrementally better, right? So, you know, with, with it being such a top-heavy league last year, you know, we, we have to wonder, is anyone going to contend from, you know, the kind of traditional powers we've seen over the last couple of years, right? Teams like Cal, teams like Oregon, maybe a team like Washington could be interesting. So that, that's definitely, you know, the, the major storyline to watch. The, the other thing to consider is this this conference was only 29th in three-point shooting, right? 33% on average in conference play. You know, the maybe the key to one of these teams emerging and building some momentum is really maximizing the three-ball, right? There was a bunch of quality bigs in this league. We're going to talk about some of them in more detail later on in this show. You know, and and no one no one really went too far in the tournament, at least in part, because they were kind of lacking on on this three point side, right? So, you know, the teams that that went out and prioritized shooting from distance over the course of the off season, maybe they kind of have the inside track to be the one that emerges. But ultimately, I, I think we're in for a, a another you know head spinner of a of a year here in the conference. As someone that one season shot better, a higher percentage <laughs> from three than he did from the free throw line, it hurts my heart to hear how. How poorly they shoot from three, shoot and they up, did Jay. at least last season. Go walk on. I, I I have eligibility. The issue is, is I don't have knees. So Mike, mm. instead of talking about my future college basketball <laughs> career, do you have anything that we need to know heading into the season about the Pac-12? I do, but I want to know if you need a waiver. Um, <laughs> I do but, not, fortunately. Fortunately, okay. no waivers no, needed no for me. Waiver. All right, so. Uh, for me, I mean, Eric kind of outlined a little bit. I mean, you know, Arizona, USC, uh, feel like you know some of the some of the heavyweights here this year, but feels like the rest of the league's kind of a crapshoot, right? Like even Arizona kind of has some question marks. Um, you know, USC they lost Drew Peterson, so we're not really gonna sure what's gonna happen with Bronny and that news that uh, we covered over the summer. Uh, you know, USC is also dealing with you know Wuchuku, who was a five star talent and kind of went through the same issue that Bronny did. Uh, we only saw him in limited action. So, yeah, even though Arizona and USC might be some of the, the heavyweights, there's still some question marks there. And the, the last thing really is the freshmen. Like, we, we haven't really gotten a chance to talk a lot on these preview shows that we've been doing. Now we're entering these, you know, these big six conferences. There are some big hitters entering this conference and could be difference makers. I mean, Cody Williams, he was ranked number four on the 24-7 composite at Colorado. You know, Adai Mara is going to go to UCLA. He's from Spain. He's number 15. Stoyakovich, uh, you know, yes, that's Stoyakovich. Andrich, he's going to Stanford. He was number 19. You know, Jay's guy, Jackson Shellstead, he's number 26, going to Oregon. Bronny was number 28, going to USC. Uh, you know, UCLA's got a couple of other uh, you know, foreign guys, even Mookie Cooks coming through. Wesley Yates from Washington is number 53. So there's a lot of talent coming in. So, uh, you know, how are these freshmen going to really shake it up? We talked about we don't really know what we're going to get from freshmen in some of these like mid-major conferences. Well, you know, we're going to get some heavy, heavy hitters um, entering the Pac-12 and these other Power Six conferences for sure. Yeah, if you're watching, hanging out with us, we appreciate you being here. Make sure you drop us a line in that live chat. And let us know some headlines we maybe we missed. Is there anything standing out to you that you want to make sure that we that we hit on here on this Pac-12 preview show? Especially for those of you that are fans of the teams out west. Anybody though, even if you just want to drop in and just chunk up a deuce, whatever you want to do, say what's up. That's also welcome. Uh, but yeah, let us know what you think about uh, what the big things are in the Pac-12 this year. Let's move on now from the headlines. 
the transfer portal rules the world, right? You know, like it's it is what it is. We had, we interviewed a coach this this season that like mid interview, he got a message, he got a text message saying someone was transferring out of his program. <laughs> so I mean, this is this is the reality of the of the transfer portal. And uh, yeah, the the Pac-12, Mike, you listed off a lot of those those freshmen that are coming in, but there's quite a few impact transfers coming in, or people that we consider impact transfers coming in now. Let's start here. Um, yeah, let's start with Arizona. A couple of a couple of transfers that have come into Arizona: Caleb Love and Keisha Johnson. Caleb Love, of course, of Tar Heel fame. And has gone through that messy divorce. Uh, they're saying over there with the Tar Heels. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not tippy-toeing into that anymore uh, than I than I should here. But he is, of course, six four, two hundred pounds, averaged sixteen point seven points. Scoring is never the problem with Caleb Love. Um, he never met a shot he didn't like. Two point eight assists, and was number three on Mike's top three hundred board over at DrRoto.com. Keisha, Keisha Johnson. 6'7", 225-pound forward, transferring in from the Arizona Wildcats, averaged 7.7 points, five boards, and was number – I'm sorry, Keisha Johnson coming in from San Diego State into Arizona. My apologies. 7.7 points, 5.0 rebounds, 66 on Mike's top 300 board. Kirk Risa, gone. Azula Stabellis, gone. Love and Johnson are in now who Mike have both played in a national title game and they're coming on to play for the Wildcats now and hopefully maybe even get them past the first round. <laughs> yeah, you'd like that, right? Um, but yeah, they both played in the national championship game. Um, you know, obviously Love a couple of years ago, Johnson last year. I got to start with Love. Jay, I know you might disagree with me uh, on the ranking at number three on our transfer <laughs> big board. But I think if the start, the shots start to fall for him, uh, you know, that's going to obviously be a game changer for him. The efficiency wasn't quite there from three. I just really like the fit um, with him coming over to Arizona. This offensive system, you know, Tommy Lloyd, he plays more of a free-flowing style system. So uh, I think he's going to expand his game and maybe just kind of get him away from that situation will do him good. And Arizona doesn't really have many guys on the roster. You just, like, you know, kind of comb down the list here and, Guys, you can go say, hey, go get your shot, or hey, take the last shot that you feel confident in. So uh, I really like love in the fit, and I also love the fit with Johnson. I mean, he brings toughness. I think that's one thing that was missing last year. Eric covered it a lot, right? Like, uh, you know, it seems like sometimes they're a little bit of a kind of a finesse team. So, uh, you know, Johnson coming up from the San Diego State program, obviously we know that's a tough-nosed, hard-nosed program. Um, you know, he's a guy that's not going to put up Tabellus numbers. That's not what he does, but he's going to bring grit. He's going to bring defense. Uh, and just going to bring that toughness that this team really needs. So I, I like this pairing that's coming over for sure. There weren't too many things that I disagreed with you on on that <laughs> top 300 board, but Caleb Love was one of them. I, I hope he proves me wrong this year. You know, like I, I've i told everyone that will listen that I'm excited about basketball out, out west this year, and he's a big part of that. Um, I just don't know, man. Like it, it is a fit. I, I He's going to score, but I don't know. The the Keisha Johnson is the is the one that I like more actually in this scenario in this uh, transfer duo if you will you know what you're gonna get night in and night out with Johnson because every single night at San Diego State everybody's average everybody gets nine points everybody gets five boards everybody get, you know what I mean like and you know what you're gonna get out of Johnson and I think that he's gonna be even though Love might average more points obviously I think Johnson in the end is gonna be the bigger uh, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how to like say. An X bigger, factor. Uh, yeah, he'll be more of his him being an X factor will have more of an impact on the Wildcats than Caleb Love being a star, if that makes sense. All right, we got a question here. We got Kerr Creasa question. What do we got up here? Addition by subtraction with Creasa. Heard he's cursed <laughs> out the coach last year. You know, we <laughs> we definitely <laughs> we heard we heard that too. Uh, that you know, Creasa definitely had. It, it seemed like had his moments there. Um, you know what's crazy, Jay? What's that? <laughs> you know, Coach Eilert in West Virginia, where Creasa went to, they're having trouble with Jose Perez, who is no longer on the roster, and there's a whole thing going on with that. So what's going to happen on that first time out when Creasa <laughs> starts going crazy? That's for, <laughs> I guess, that's I guess for, that's for the Big 12 show. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll definitely hit on it. But uh, we like Kirk Creasa a lot, and we talked about – we played Creasa a ton on DFS last year just waiting for that big explosion. And it didn't happen early on. He definitely finished the season strong, but 
he's no longer here. And I do think that in this case, a change of scenery and Kalen, like you said, addition by subtraction, it, it might favor the Wildcats in this scenario. A couple of really nice players there. Um, all right, let's move on now. You saw me earlier. Yes. Talked about Martin Madsen. Had to get my Madsen dance in. So let's go out to Cali Cali with our guys, Fardals Amac and Jalen Tyson, who we are very familiar with here in Big 12 country, who both transferred in from Texas Tech. Amac obviously has played for Madsen before and reuniting there with his former coach. He's a center at 6'11", 245, averaged 11 points and eight boards in just 12 games because he was nicked up quite a bit last year and came in at number 11 on the top 300 transfer board. Jalen Tyson, the wing from Tech, obviously 6'6", 210, almost 11 points, did average over six boards and shot a very cool 40% from three, tossing in 1.4 swipes per game, number 69 on the top 300. Nice. All right. Little Big 12 flavor coming to the Pac-12. You know, again, we talk about these sort of finesse-like teams, the reputation the Pac-12 might have gained, you know, over the years. And now these are two guys that are basically, Eric, the, antith the antithesis of that and are going to come into Cal with Coach Madsen and try to resuscitate this program that, unfortunately, to say, has been lifeless. Yeah, look, Coach Matson gets a couple of thumpers uh, to come along with him to, you know, reboot this this Cal program. And you know, I'll, I'll start off with Amac. We we didn't really get to see uh, much of him or even him at you know full strength last year. It was, it was really only spurts, right? He had that foot injury before the season. You know that that really put a damper on the year as a whole. Uh, you know, in in those twelve games, you know, he he did show some pop, right? And and obviously, this is against very strong big 12 competition. So, you know, you, you do have to put a little bit of a premium on that. Now he reunites with, with coach Matson. He played for him and went, you know, absolutely bananas for him when they were together at Utah Valley. Uh, and then on the other side, you know, Tyson is, is no slouch himself. Number 69 on Mike's big board, a former top 50 recruit, right. You know, found some good playing time last year, really showed some promise. It felt like he had some good momentum building towards the end of the year. So, you know, both of these guys are, outstanding shooters for their size they definitely bring that you know that high motor kind of high energy defensive presence you know they're they're good on the glass right so just a, a couple of of you know big impactful players coming in for for coach Matson. moving right along now to a couple more transfers jared vinum the 5'10 180 pound guard now at stanford transferring in from providence Averaged 10 points, 4.3 assists for Providence last year. Averaged, I'm sorry, number 71 on Mike's top 300. And Paul Mulcahy, the guard from Washington now, who came in from Rutgers, 6'7", 215 pounds, averaged 8.3 points, five boards, a very respectable 37% from three, and added in 1.5 steals, coming in at number 83 on Mike's top 300. Bynum was a guy that, we, that played a key role on a couple of Friar tournament teams. Well, Kay did the same, Mike, in a tough Rutgers program as well. Yeah, I, I love both of these additions. I think Stanford really upgraded their point guard position in a big way. Uh, you look at what they've kind of been rolling out there the last couple of years, and that's not this guy. This guy's going to go out and get you, you know, can go out and get you 20, or you can go out and just play a solid point guard role and get others involved. I think this is really going to open up their offense. So, you know, as we look at Stanford, they're kind of one of those teams where it's like you don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, you know that McConnell playing last year, the point uh, for the last couple of years, and it felt like they're playing four on five. He's more of a, you know, not looking for a shot. So, you know, tough to play offense that way. And then you look at Mulcahy, like a late portal addition. He was one of the last entrants that we talked about during our offseason uh, transfer portal shows. And his size and skill set is awesome. Uh, a great pickup for Washington. I mean, six seven at the guard position can handle the ball, can shoot the three. Like you can kind of, he kind of run your offense, uh, you know, here and there. Uh, three and D kid, and and just a sweet, sweet pickup. A lot of versatility on both ends of the floor. So, uh, yes, two very underrated transfers uh, this season. Maybe you know, okay, he got some headlines, but Bynum for sure kind of flew under the radar. Uh, but both of these guys are they going to make a major impact. Mulcahy did make some headlines, and he was somebody that I don't know. It was just a name that surprised me a little bit to see him in the portal, but but he's going to make an impact for sure. A couple more guys there on 
the uh, top tier graphics. Shout out to the graphics department today. I hope we didn't blow the entire. We still have like a few shows left, guys. So You're we can't get all this <laughs> on this. Not this week. That's fine. I'll donate it to charge it to the game or, or take it out of my check, whatever you want. Cario Okendo there coming in from Georgia and Sean Phillips coming in from LSU. So a couple of SEC guys, Okendo transferring to Oregon, 6'4", 220 pound guard. <laughs> Give me all of that. Banging around, no no pillow fights on the West Coast this year, baby. 12.7 points, 2.6 boards, number 91 on the top 300 board. And of course, Phillips, he's seven feet tall and you can't teach that. 1.4 points, 2.2 boards. Do not let these stats fool you. The size that he's bringing in, it just, it, the minutes weren't there. It wasn't in the cards for him at LSU. Whatever it was, now at Arizona State, for Phillips, uh, he's going to be a super, super intriguing player with that size. Uh, so, um, Mike, I guess, or no, let me go to Eric now. Eric, tell us about Okendo first. Yeah, look, Okendo's coming into to Oregon to play for Coach Altman. We we know that Coach Altman really loves to run his program through the guard play, right? So, you know, he's he's getting a a, a top tier athlete. You know, very much so a scoring first type of mentality. Someone that can fill it up at a moment's notice. You know, there, there were times when, you know, when he was at Georgia where, you know, he's, he's shown us like something that would indicate he could, he can be a big time sec player, right. You know, he, he'll need to improve his efficiency. That tends to come along with guys that, you know, have that quick trigger and like to like to shoot a lot, you know, that inefficiency kind of kept him from getting maybe as much playing time as he could have. But if he tightens that up, I, I think he's going to get a ton of run here for the ducks and then Phillips, I mean, you, you mentioned seven seven foot two forty five. It's known as Baby Shack, right? That that those sort of measurables will get you a nickname like that. We we didn't get to see much of him at, at LSU, but there were there were flashes, right? There was a game where he put up thirteen and ten in twenty five minutes against Georgia. It was kind of a spot start situation, you know. If if we extrapolate that over a full workload, you know, talk about a guy that's getting twenty plus minutes nightly, maybe even more on this Arizona State side. You know his his upside is is absolutely special. So it's going to be fun to watch to see if he gets that amount of playing time and, and what he can do with it. Bynum, Mulcahy, Okendo, and Phillips. They're wrapping up our impact transfers. Um, Baby Shaq did. Let us know in the in the comments in the live <laughs> chat if you played NBA Jam with Baby Shaq on the Orlando Magic, because if you did. <laughs> That man, it was absolutely Robot. unstoppable. Uh, but yeah, and also like on some of the newer games, when you go back and you play the old ones, like he's like the, the boss, right? So <laughs> if you get a nickname level. like if you get a nickname like Baby Shack, uh, like you said, I don't think it's just because of the size. The man can play, mm. and we're gonna get to see him have a little bit of run this year for Arizona. State. Yeah, leave us a comment. Let us know if you played with Baby Shack on NBA Jam. Let us know if there's a transfer that uh, we didn't talk about right there that it might be impactful to your team that you follow or anybody else's for that matter. Make uh, sure it looks like Kalen's in the comments with one uh, talking about uh, Jaden Bradley. Um, oh, yeah. Should be starting, but probably won't for Arizona coming over from uh, uh, from Alabama. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Bradley and Boswell will duke it out, and we'll see how that goes. Uh, I don't know if he should be starting. I don't know if we've seen enough of him. So, um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, It's a good problem segment. to have, though. <laughs> yeah. That's a really, you really good Riley problem right, to have. Right behind Kalen, Moses Wood, great transfer coming in. Yeah, I love Moses Wood coming in uh, from Portland. Uh, really good shooter. So, yeah, Moses Wood is a good one. Uh, obviously, it looks like you're a Washington fan there, Riley. Uh, <laughs> is that IT2 in the pick right there? That's throwback. Ooh. We talked to Lorenzo Romar this offseason. We did. coaching Pepperdine. I don't. I can't remember if we asked him about ITT. I don't think we did. I think we talked about Maxwell Lewis and, yep. and some other guys. But uh, yeah, Moses Wood definitely a, a good player for sure. Good stuff, guys. Thanks for hopping in the chat as always. And make sure you, um, if you're hanging out with us and you haven't, hit those like and subscribe buttons. Follow all the handles there on X. Follow at Get Green Screens, which is the Green Screens Media account on X, and also. At one and done, CBB is the show page. Hit those follow buttons for us. If you can, and tell the hoop heads in your life about one and done, your broskies in basketball here on a Thursday night. We waited. The, get, the football game was better than we <laughs> thought it was going to be. 
We waited a little bit longer to start than we were going to. We thought it was going to be a garbage game. I even wrote a column on drroto.com today about how I thought it was going to be just a just a snooze fest. And it was not a pillow fight, like I said. So apologies to the Bears and the Commanders for that. Moving on now, of course, to the returning stars. We hit the transfers already. How about some guys returning after having nice years in the Pac-12 last year? Going to go ahead and start with our guy, Boogie Oogie Oogie, Boogie Ellis from USC, the 6'385 pound guard. A couple of guards on this list now. Boogie averaged 17.7 points, three dimes, 39 points, or I'm sorry, 39% from three. You love to see that in 1.4 steals. Mike, all jokes aside, this is obviously a big time guard coming back to cap off a brilliant career. Yeah, awesome, awesome career. Uh, started at Memphis, you know, he transferred after his sophomore year. Last two years with USC have been great, brilliant. Uh, terrific shooter, um, obviously with that 39% from three. Uh, showed the ability to get to the free throw line consistently last year, so that's a deadly combination. He's just gotten better every year with his assist rate as well, so getting others involved. Uh, you know, he's just one of the – I think he's one of the most underrated guards nationally. Like, it doesn't feel like he gets the love, and that happens a lot with some of these West Coast guys, right? But – uh, heading into year five, like I expect him to be, I don't know if they're going to give him conference uh, preseason player of the year, but he's going to be in the running for it. And I think he's going to have a spectacular year once again. Oh, he absolutely should be in the running for it. He's he's on the short list, in my opinion. And if he can bump up, if he can come in at 18 points and five dimes and the steal and a half, you're, you're talking like you're all American level in the conversation there too. And I don't think that's out of the realm of conversation. For Boogie, for Boogie Ellis, Omar Ballo, the center from Arizona, who is seven feet tall. And, of course, you can't teach that. 14.2 points, 8.6 rebounds, and 1.3 blocks for the big man, Eric, that absolutely exploded onto the scene early last year and sort of lost that touch a little bit down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, look, last year this was one of the top front courts in the entire country with him and Tabellis just bodying people on a nightly basis. Now, obviously, Tabellis is out the door. So, you know, this this means Balo is going to be one of the go-to options, right? He he showed that, you know, when he was on the court, he can be an absolute game changer on both ends of the floor. He's top 30 nationally in fouls drawn per 40 minutes. He is a very effective free throw shooter is a sky high free throw rate as well and he's he's just he's just an absolute load down low right he's one of the best finishers around the whim you know it's, i'm i'm curious to see you know what he can do to add to his game now that he's going to have this additional opportunity but also I'm, I'm curious to see how his game matches with Keisha johnson coming in right i think their styles are just different enough to where it might actually kind of boost both of them up so he's definitely a player to watch for uh for for arizona here yeah, for sure. Super important. Let's let's stick with the, uh, of course, college basketball, the land of the bigs, they say. Let's stick with another one here, Adam Bona, uh, 6'10", 235-pound uh, center from the Bruins, 7.7 .7 points, 5.3 rebounds, and 1.7 blocks. Okay, like, yeah, again, this is a guy who, do the stats just jump off? the page at you no because it took him some time to really find his game last year to try to fit in there was a lot <laughs> so only so many basketballs to go around on that Bruin squad last year you know but mike he is the lone and when i say lone and numero uno <laughs> the only key returner from that squad last year mike yeah, he is. So let's see what he's all about this year. He's top 20 in the country in block rate, um, top 40 and two-point field goal percentage. I mean, just a beast down low, former five-star. He's going to have an opportunity to be a focal point. Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of foreign guys coming in. So, uh, you know, this is kind of the known commodity right now. Um, there's some unproven talent, which is weird. Uh, we're going to see Coach Cronin, what he can do with this squad. Because, you know, we've been used to the names, right? Hawkes, Campbell. You know, we love Clark. Probably one of the, you know, sad to see what happened to him at the end of the year. Probably mm -hmm. the best call, defensive player in college basketball last year. So, this is going to be an entirely new look UCLA team. Um, but the one thing that we can count on is, you know, Bona and and just what he can bring. Uh, you know, what he can bring down low for this team and on the defensive end. 
All right, putting you on the spot here. Uh, give me Adam Bona's averages per game for points and boards this year. Uh, I will go. I'll put him at thirteen and thirteen and eight with a couple. Wow. Of yeah. He's Eric, like, are you are you that are you going that high on him? I mean, look, he's he's talented enough to to absolutely contribute that way, right? the The question is, you know, whether or not he's going to get the run, and given how much talent and usage is out the door. I think it's more likely than not, right? So, I mean, it's a big jump year over year, but he's he's got the skill set to do it. Thirteen and and eight, wow! And two blocks. Oh yeah, let's do it. Good. Oh yeah, let's do it. Two point two blocks. All right. Bookmark it. Chapter All right, it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Mark it. All right, here we go. A little bit, little bit moving going center. Okay, let's go down the guard now. Need another guard here. KJ Simpson, point guard from Colorado, six two, hundred eighty pounds. Average 16 points, 3.8 assists, and a steal and a half. Eric took a big leap in his sophomore year. And what seems to be the theme with some of these younger guards that we might talk about, uh, just a little bit of room for improvement with the efficiency. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if this kid can can just get his three-point stroke going, he's he's going to be an absolute problem, right? So he, he shoots 80% plus from, from free throw. So you, you know it's really only a matter of time before you see his field goal percentage start to raise up a little bit. And I, I absolutely love that he can run the show and be a force on the defensive end, right? You know, with with these young guards, with the guys that, you know, like to shoot a lot, he's going to need to cut down on his turnovers. He's going to need to work on his efficiency. But really for for the Buffaloes, right, like their season is going to go how K.J. Simpson goes. Like if they, if they want to push for an at-large bid, it's got to be his absolute best out there on the court every single night. But – Based on the leap we saw last year, I, I think he can carry that momentum into this season. You know how you can get away, how you can stay on the floor when you're when you're a bad three point shooter and you turn the ball over, you steal it back, <laughs> and that's what Simpson does. He do, just looked up, he chips and he dips a little bit there, like our guy Eric likes to say. Uh, Simpson's super talented. Looking forward to seeing if he can take that next step forward. Let's wrap it up here with our returning stars in the conference with the seven foot tall and you can't teach that Brandon Carlson, the center out in Utah, 16.4 points, seven and a half rebounds. And there it is, two blocks per game and somebody that I consider Mike to be one of the most underrated bigs in the entire country. Yeah, I do too. I mean, this guy's not talked about enough um and maybe it's because this utah squad that he plays on doesn't get a lot of coverage uh but if you look at it like looking at stats like year over year man like points rebounds assists, and blocks have literally gone up every single year so if you watch him play he's got a nice touch down low he can shoot the three so he's effective inside and out just a very efficient player shot right around 50 percent from the field uh man like utah might not be the most exciting name in the pac-12 but uh, you know Every night they have him on the floor, there's a chance. <laughs> uh, you just don't find this type of, you know, efficiency, uh, you know, from, from these big men from inside and out. So, yeah, love Carlson's game. Um, if you guys get a chance to watch him, check it out. The hair rocks, too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's what I got to love the lettuce there. The lettuce. Got to love that. Boogie, Balo, Bona, Simpson, and Carlson are five returning players gonna do a little bit of damage maybe why not why not we don't do this very often what a little honorable mention here okay what do you what do you, you, what do you, what do you got key, how about some keon brooks from washington what do you say about ah him? yes keon brooks, about man. Keon brooks? yeah solid player man uh, washington's dangerous like I, <laughs> their ceiling is interesting uh an interesting floor ceiling combination i think we'll talk about here in a little bit yeah we'll get on that a little bit later before we get to the next segment make sure you drop us a line in the chat. Let us know if there's anybody sticking around this year uh, that we didn't hit on or if you're really high on some of these players like we are. Adam Bona, I think, talk about a floor-ceiling type of a player. We, you know, I wouldn't – could he average eight and six and 1.7 blocks? And that's just who he is. Or could he get to the – there's a lot of questions here. So leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Like and subscribe, of course. Do your thing. Do your part in that green screens media universe, as I like to say. Burning questions. Now, I alluded to them in the open. These questions are going to burn hotter than the California sun in Augusto. 
let's get right into it. Oh, look at that. The, the, look at the banner already going across the screen like that. Woo-hoo-hoo. Behind the scenes on top of it today. Loving it. Burning questions. All right, let's go, boys. UCLA ran ran away with it last year, but lost a ton of talent, obviously. Four of their five starters. We hit on that. Jaquez, Bailey, Clark, Campbell, all gone. It's just Bona. Who's the player they need to have a big year aside from Bona to have a chance to repeat as conference champs? Mike, I'll go to you first. Um, look at this roster. Oh my goodness, this roster is full of like random foreign guys that <laughs> you know I've only been able to watch a little bit of film on. But uh, I'll go with Berkey Buyuk Tunsil from Turkey. What a name! Like say that five times really, really fast. So, and the reason no. why is like you lose Hawkes right, um, and just kind of been that mainstay at your four. What are you gonna do? He was such a such a great player. Uh, you know, tough nose, really good defensively, uh, very efficient offensively. And, uh, you know, this kid, I mean, he's a, he's a stretch four. He's talented on the defensive end. He played on the uh, under-19 and under-20 Turkish teams. Uh, went 19-4, 5-2-2 against the U.S. in the third place game. So, you know, he's got talent. He's probably going to start the four. Um, and this is a huge opportunity for him for sure. So, uh, yeah, I guess if I'm having to pick someone, uh, he's he's interesting. But there's a lot of guys on here, Eric. I mean, <laughs> like the roster's kind of chock full. We only really know about Bona. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, the, there was a ton of turnover and a, a ton of talent out the door for for Mick Cronin. So you know, a lot of a lot of guys are going to get get some opportunity. The the guy that I like is is Dylan Andrews. Right, this is a former top recruit, a four star guy. You know, he he only played. Uh, a pretty limited role with with Tiger Campbell out there last year. You know, obviously Tiger Campbell has got some of the best dish in the in the college game, so he's he's not quite the same playmaker uh, that that Campbell was. But you know, Dylan Andrews is you know is a bigger body. He's he's not as much of a liability on the defensive side. You know the the amount of work that he puts in this offseason, how much time he spent in the gym, is really going to be you know key for his success and given the turnover for the Bruins, it's going to be key for their success overall as well. Let you got be honest with me here. You, you didn't just look at the roster and pick Dylan Andrews because he was the easiest name to say, was it? That's not, that's not, <laughs> probably, probably not. Okay. All right. All right. Of course not. Okay. Okay. You Jay, who you got, man? Boo, you Tunsil was taken. So you, you had one with Andrews. Of course I'm going Jan Viday. What do you think? That's I'm your going? boy talk, from the off season. about the day in the off season. Of course, yeah, it's, that's who I'm going to go with. The Slovenian, the big six-seven guard that does nothing but make plays. He's an absolute stud. Does a little bit of everything. He is the story this year for UCLA, and his versatility will be the key for them. We got a comment here. Yeah, Myron's back. What do we What's got up, here? Myron, Myron. welcome <laughs> Last back. Pack Twelve season. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, yeah. Do, 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 do. Pack three and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The pack. The pack four and seven eighths. Whatever it's going to be. <laughs> Get into the Myron. Welcome back. Good to see you again in, the, in those Good comments, man. You, Appreciate Myron. it. Good to see you back, Myron. Get into those big conferences now. We know a lot of you guys are going to be hanging around a little bit more often. Now that we're getting into you know, the power six, the big six, as we call it around here. Um, but yeah, Myron, thanks for checking uh, checking in in the comments. We appreciate it, Mike. Okay. You mentioned all those star freshmen at the top. Next burning question here. You mentioned all those star freshmen at the top. Coming right back to you, Mike. Out of all those freshmen you mentioned, who makes the biggest impact this year? Ooh. Um, I would say Cody Williams, man, with Colorado. Uh, like, you look at him, he's 6'8". He kind of creates a big three for Colorado. Um, you know, we, we talked about K.J. Simpson. You also have Tristan De Silva, uh, who kind of, you know, could have made the returning star list. Um, you know, he had some big games last year. But for Williams, I mean – you look at the tape and you're like, holy crap, dude. Like at 6'8", his size, he can be a game changer defensively, like really strong underneath. Uh, he's the younger brother of, of Jalen Williams. And which Jalen Williams, right? The the OKC Jalen Williams. Or which OKC yeah, Jalen Williams? The one, <laughs> the one from Santa Clara. So, uh, look, he's got to improve his shooting. Um, but I think, um, you know, we talked about KJ Simpson. The season kind of goes. My, my X factor for Colorado is how good is Cody Williams? Is he a superstar? Is he a top five uh, pick? When it's all said and done, and I think that's what's going to really tell the tale of Colorado getting to that you know next step of being the at-large team or potentially challenging for the top. Top five pick, big time praise. 
Yep. For the freshman Williams, Eric, what direction are you going here out of those talented, talented players Mike talked about at the top? Yeah, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a team that we actually broke down in detail as we were talking about the best recruiting classes in the land. That's the USC Trojans. If you haven't seen that video, go back and check it out. It's there in our playlist. And I'm I'm gonna go with Isaiah Collier, right? You know, we've we've talked about a lot of players for this squad, but you know, this this is a content consensus top two kind of guy coming out of high school. You know, he's a big guard, six five, but he's got real good touch. He's a real good distributor of the ball. And, you know, even though he's coming in from the high school ranks, like he's got he's got a lot of versatility to his offensive game, right? He can he can really hurt you a lot of different ways. He's not a liability on the defensive side. And, you know, with the situation with Bronny, you know, with not being sure what we're gonna get out of a Wuchiku, like there's potentially some opportunity for Collier to step into a big role. So I like how he how he profiles for this freshman season for USC. Jay, are you going to stick with this this USC class, or are you looking elsewhere in the Pac-12? Uh, you know where Jay's looking, man. <laughs> if, 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 you've, if you've watched us before, you knew that I was going to save the day for the last one, or at least you might have had an inkling. But you definitely would know – that I'm going with my guy Jackson Shellstad. It's never in <laughs> uh, doubt, baby. Man, quack, quack. Oregon. I am on the Oregon bandwagon this year, and Shellstad is a big part of that. Okay, he lost his five-star in the ready. You're a five-star in my heart, Jackson, and you always will be. He absolutely tore it up against that NBA-type competition in the offseason. We heard all about that. A lot of guards for Oregon. I know that he's going to find his way into the mix. I would not be surprised if he was the guy at the end of the year helping Oregon live their best lives. Back to Myron now checking hey. back in with us. What do we got there? <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of Colorado making Final Four bets out there in the gambling Ooh. community. I don't know if I'm going that far. Like, This is a big Ooh. three, and the efficiency from Simpson, the Silva's got to continue his, you know, getting better and better, and then we got to see Cody Williams. Um if they put it all together, though, yeah. I don't know if I'm ready to say, you know, Sweet 16, but Final Four, yikes. Like, I mean, <laughs> we'll talk about that during our juicy. betting shows. It would yeah, be nah, juicy. That's, that's kind of throwing away your money. but I mean, <laughs> I, I mean. I'll give them Sweet 16 maybe, until we see it on the all court. All right. Okay, okay. You probably get pretty good make the tournament last year. You can probably <laughs> I mean, get yeah, pretty we, good we, Sweet 16. We've said that last year, and we'd be laughed off the show, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have well, the final four from last year? Except for, uh, oh, wait, Creighton didn't make it because of the foul. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the foul. Well, um, Myron, thank you for bringing that to our attention. I don't think it's – I think Mike's probably in the right direction there with the with the Sweet 16 – Qualification. Who knows, though? That's the type of this is. We can wildly speculate all we want. This is one and done. We do whatever we want anyway. Didn't think North Carolina wasn't going to make the tournament. <laughs> well, no, and and that's. I mean, they might not make it again. That's not the point. All right. The point is, is Jackson Shellstead is going to be the freshman to step up in the Pac-12. But Mike, let's move on to the next question. Who's the team? Which team has the most question marks? Oh, that's a nice way of saying it. Um, <laughs> I'll go with the Beavers, man. Oregon State. Um, outside of Jordan Pope, really, I mean, yikes. Uh, five conference uh, wins last year. So where does the scoring come from? Like, defensively, I, I don't really see much of an improvement. I don't see any potential star power. Um you know, Bill does a good player, but man, like this is a <laughs> this is a rough roster. So uh, I'll go with question marks for sure. Oregon State, Eric, who you got, man? Man, we'll stick with the state version of these schools. I'm going to go with Washington State. the The Cougars. I mean, look, they just they saw they saw a ton of talent head out the door on a on a roster that wasn't the most talented in the conference, anyways. Right? You got Gigon, DJ Rodman is over at USC now. TJ Bamba is uh, is out the door to Villanova, right? So, look, it's just there's there's a ton of question marks and there's there's a big void that's left by these types of players exiting. And you know now, I mean, I, I think Kyle Smith is going to have more questions and answers really for the the duration of the season. So it, it might be a rough one for for the Cougs. I'm going to piggyback on that. I, I'm going to also say Washington State. It's just there's some young talent right in this program that maybe down the road. We could see we could be talking about in these preview shows as being someone that's an impact player. 
but I, I, I feel like we're already looking at the, that's where we're looking. We're looking in the future with Washington State and, uh, yeah, what, like this? Over there? No, future. Out in front for, for Washington State. How many more we got here? We got a couple of more here. How about uh, breakout candidate? Mike, start with you again. Uh, well, I mean, I gotta, I guess I got to give Oregon State a little bit of love. I just talked about Billido. So I think he could be a kind of a breakout candidate in a rough season, uh, per se. So, you know, long term, I think he's going to be a very good player. Uh, last year is pretty solid. Seven points, four boards in his freshman year. He scored 18 against Arizona, um, 18 again against Washington State. Um, had a couple other double-digit games there in conference play. And I just think you got to give this kid a full workload, uh, you know, in his second year. So that way you can get him get him ready for the next year. So I, I can see him putting up something like 14 and eight if you give him 30, 30 to 32 minutes. So, uh, yeah, as, as a breakout in a, uh, a tough situation, I'll say Bill Ado. Eric, what do you, uh, what do you fill in on this question? Uh, I'll go with the rival here. I'll go with, uh, with Nate Biddle of, of Oregon, right? Like this is, this is a guy that a lot of people forget. Like he was, he was a McDonald's all American. He's a five-star recruit, right? Like he, he showed some glimpses in his sophomore year, you know, one of these dudes that's, you know, kind of been hampered by injury for the, you know, for the, the majority of his, his college career. And when we talk about former five stars, former McDonald's All-Americans, guys that are seven feet tall, sounds a lot like someone named Kellel Ware, who's now out the door over to Indiana, right? So the uh, the the job and the role for Biddle is right in front of him. If, if he can stay healthy, I'd, I'd like him to reach up and grab it, Jay. Close us out. Who do you like as your breakout candidate? Couple of good choices there, but I'm gonna go uh, down to Stanford here, down yeah, the coast, and go with Brandon line. Brandon Angel. Uh, for me, super talented, super versatile. Yeah, Bynum and Jones will will get a lot of the attention, a lot of the headlines, and that's just fine. Don't worry about that, Brandon. <laughs> You're the guy that's breaking out this year for Stanford. Right. Uh, I definitely think Angel could could turn some heads this year. Uh, in the Pac-12. Coach on the hot seat now in this conference. Um, yep, let's just stay with Mike. Going first again here. Who do you got whose seat's getting a little warm? You better hope Brandon Angel breaks out because this might be the, the last year for uh, Coach Haas at uh, Stanford. Uh, I'm looking at his tenure. <laughs> Stanford's only finished over 500 in conference one time in his seven years uh so yeah he didn't make the move last year for mark madsen you let him go to the rival cal uh i think the fan base is probably going to need to see something here this year uh you know you mentioned jones bynum angel as a potential breakout player uh still yakovich is a five star like it's gotta happen this year otherwise uh you know things can get a little dicey eric who do you got here on the old hot seat Man, I've got a I've got a similar argument, but for a different coach. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out Wayne Tinkle here for for Oregon State. I mean, look, yes, we we are you know a couple years removed from an elite eight appearance for this team, but you kind of set that aside. And six of his nine year tenure here with Oregon State, he also hasn't gotten above 500 in league play, and there isn't really a whole lot of cause for optimism for what he has going on in this upcoming season right so if uh if if i was coach tinkle i'd probably probably be feeling a little heat in my chair jay what do you hey, think if you're asking me uh both of these butts are nearly on fire <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's it you could really go any other Engulfed way if we're looking at, i mean like 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 sitting at in that that gif where they're sitting at the in the coffee shop drinking a cup of coffee with the flames all around them and like saying like this is fine that's where these two coaches are right now I mean, for me in this conference. And yeah, um, Oz, if, if he's going to need Angel to step up and be that guy, uh, because you're right, letting Mark Madsen go to Cal is probably <laughs> yeah. that Stanford has a very good athletic director. They have a great athletic department. You always hear about them winning the Number commissioner's one. cup yep. or whatever it is, whatever that's called. Texas and Stanford are always up there. You know, I was going to get the shout out in, but Stanford. <laughs> This could be the worst decision or non-decision, if non -decision, you will, yeah. to ever happen in the trajectory of this program um, unless something turns around here. So 
I guess if I had to pick one, I'll, I'll say that that seat in Stanford is is hotter. But but both of these coaches are are warm to say the least. X Factor time and in the factor. conference. X Factor. X Factor, Mike. What do you got? Uh, let's see. I'll go Adam Miller um, coming over from LSU to Arizona State. But guess what, Jay? Yeah. We're like a month away and we got a bunch of guys. We don't know if they're even going to play. So it's like 80% of them won't. That's the thing. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Miller. Um, You know, we've talked about him a ton the last two years, right? Like started off at Illinois as a big time recruit, got injured, uh, you know, slid over to LSU, you know, finally healthy, gets the shots up, uh, but the efficiency maybe not be there and just maybe not the right fit. Now comes over with Hurley I think it's just going to be his availability, right? Like Arizona State needs him. He's a tremendous scorer, a great pedigree, and someone that can really, uh, you know, someone that can really, uh, I, I guess, take Arizona State from where we think we're, they're going to be later on in our tiers to where they could go. I guess is the best way to say it. Eric, what? Uh, well, hold on. They're not. They're not going anywhere in those tiers if Miller doesn't get a waiver. I hate yeah. to tell you right now, <laughs> it's not happening. And I'm not saying he's not getting the waiver, but but. The Sun Devils will not go up to the next tier uh, without Miller, is, is, is my feeling. All right, Eric, sorry for, for cutting you off there, but uh, I wanted to get that in about Miller. Who's your X Factor? No, you, you, gave, you gave me a moment to reflect because Adam Miller <laughs> is like my perennial can't-quit-you DFS play. I'm, I wish sure I knew how to quit hoping, you. I'm sure hoping Please. he can get out of the confines of LSU and into a program that's going to give him some more runs so he can finally pay me off. I'm 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 pot committed. I have to keep pushing that button <laughs> yes, until it pays go. off. My my breakout candidate is someone else that we know from the DFS world. That is Severe Wheeler up to Washington this season. Another transfer, right? He absolutely exploded off the page um, in in Georgia. You know, he really started off his career super hot. Transferred over to Kentucky, and it was just kind of a weird fit. Like it just it didn't seem like he ever really got it going. And, you know, now coming into Washington, they're getting, you know, an, an elite passer, you know, he's got a ton of experience, you know, him, him and Mulcahy, you know, they, they, they make Washington, you know, pretty interesting, right? Like those, those two are a couple of pieces that you can build around. So I, I like, I like Wheeler to kind of get things back on track to his pre Kentucky form. Jay, close this out. What, uh, what guys jumping out for you as an X factor? Two good choices, but I, Wait for it. You're going to be shocked. (laughs) It's another transfer coming into the conference. I'm going to go Jalen Cohn, of course. Mm, Solid. Coming into Cal. You and your Cal Yeah, listen. I said earlier I'm on the Oregon bandwagon. I don't think Oregon is going to be a team that we necessarily need to worry about winning this conference. However, I think Cal is. Such a hot take. Well, listen. This is a I this is not 20 games. Mark it down. Four wins. Four wins last season. Yeah. 20. 20 that's, that's wins. 5X. <laughs> 20 5x. We know what 5x that's flamage on the on the DFS right and 5x pays it off and Flame it's happening. On. Flame on, baby, and I will. 20 wins this year for Cal, and Cone's gonna be a big part of that. They will need his shooting, obviously, yeah. 40, 40% from three last year, big part of this. Man. But I will bang the drum for Cal louder than any other team in this conference. They did. It's a ton. They're, it's loaded. They couldn't make a shot <laughs> the last three years. <laughs> yeah, well, trust me, four, four wins to 20 wins. You heard it here. If you hadn't no, heard me say it, it's not the first time I've said that. I'm not just pulling this out of the air right check now. The I've been on this. Check the, Check my stats. Google it. No, don't Google it. You'll get lost. But <laughs> 20 games, Cal's winning, and Cone will be a big part of hey, that. Yeah, we got Riley a comment back, here, Jake. Yeah, Riley yeah. back here in the comments. What do we got? Mike Hopkins on Washington on the hot seat. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's – I mean, it's warm. Um, but obviously, you probably follow that program pretty closely, Riley. So, drop us a comment as to, you know, what your feelings have been over the past couple of years. I think Washington's got a real intriguing team. You got – Keon Brooks, you know, McKayhee, Wheeler, uh, you know, Corn Johnson's still there. So, uh, yeah, a lot of Maybe good pieces. Maybe that's the thing, right? With yeah. with Hopkins being there for a little bit, now he's got the talent. 
So it's it's nut cutting time, right? Like maybe that's the the sentiment up there in Washington. I think what it is the trajectory, right? Like you win twenty games your first couple of years, and then I don't think they've had a. I don't know if they've been over 500 since then. Um, maybe, maybe last year, but yeah, I think it's about four straight years of <laughs> some, some pretty poor play. So yeah, the seats, uh, you know, definitely warm. I think he can kind of get off of that this year. If the team yep. performs, uh, you know, to, to at least meets their ceiling, they can get into the tournament. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about them in our tiers uh, section, the world famous one and done tier section, of course. Um, but uh, I, I think Washington and, and Eric, you, I think you hit this on the top. I think it was you. Uh, that Washington, that's an interesting, Mary. interesting club to watch this year. He may be on the if, if they go the wrong way. Talk about a floor <laughs> and ceiling, right? A floor yeah. and a ceiling. If they hit that floor, he's gone. I, I don't disagree with you, Riley, uh, on that necessarily. All right, here we go. Last one here. Oh, there's burning questions, burning it up. Will the uh, Pac-12 burn up more than four bids this year? How many bids do they get, Mike? Uh, I'll go four again. Um, you know, very top heavy last year. So I think, uh, you know, probably not enough talent to get, to get a fifth, um, but too talented to drop to three, right? So we thought that maybe it'd only be three teams that got in and yep. they got that fourth team in. So I just think it's going to be very challenging for, you know, I got Arizona at the very, very top. Um, USC is kind of up there. So it'd be a battle for those other two spots. I, I think, uh, Eric, where are you, uh, where are you at similar or you think they get more or less? Jason yeah, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go exacto with you mainly to just piss Jay off, but also, you know, we we mentioned that this this league got four teams in last year, but those those last two teams, right, like USC and 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 Arizona State, really had to had to scrap their way in and kind of made it into the buzzer, right? So, you know, it, it being you know more of a balanced league, I feel more comfortable in saying four. You know, if if you had to press me on it. I would probably go like four and a half. I think kind of four leaning towards five. But yeah. you know, if if nothing else, the parity in this league has taken a pretty considerable step forward. This More year. quality win opportunities. I think you kill year. me. Your answers every. This is a whole number <laughs> answer. How many bids does this league get? And somehow you find a way to work a fraction in a decimal point. Four pack, four bids. Right? Deuce in a quarter. What else am I yeah, supposed to okay. do? Yeah, okay. I, I, I right. guess we I guess we did double the the pack three and seven eighths earlier. So I I did introduce the fractions. My bad. And like as Mike likes to say, I was told there would be no math. No, no math. Uh, <laughs> and just to keep it simple, I'll say four as well. And of course, including mm. Cal. Everything y'all said makes sense, though. I don't know if it's enough to get a fifth unless it's a bid stealer, who will not be Cal because they will comfortably get into the tournament. <laughs> there you go. I'll with 20 it. wins. All right, there we go. Burning questions. that We burned through them uh, about as slowly as, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll leave that alone. But uh, <laughs> tears, those world-famous tiers, before we get to those tiers, make sure you like and subscribe if you haven't. Leave us a comment. We love the interactions. And, of course, when you see us popping us up, we pop up. So excited to talk about comments. I can't even talk right. We put them up there when you say something in those comments. So drop us something in the live chat. Even if you're watching down the road, the last one where we did uh, the Mountain West, there's like 12 or 13 comments on that page afterwards. And we definitely appreciate that. We'll try to jump in and interact with you if you do that too. So thanks for checking this out. Let's jump into those tiers to wrap up this show. The world Oh, cow. And no, not yet. See, this is this is the absolute. Okay, we'll just. I'm gonna. Woosa, woosa. All right, here we go. Doesn't mean they won't get in. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it it doesn't. You're exactly right. It does not mean that they won't get in. Let's start here. <laughs> Three tiers here. We talked about the heat of the California sun earlier. We're going white hot up at the top, and then just a little bit of a simmer in the middle for that mid tier, and then eh, lukewarm down at the bottom, kind of like it was out in here in Austin today, just yeah. lukewarm and disgustingly nasty, <laughs> but not 100. It was like 80, so not going <laughs> to complain. But lukewarm there at the bottom is what our bottom tier will be. Let's go ahead. You know what, Mike? I'm tired of starting with you on these tiers and everything. I'm going to go with Eric going up. Going with Eric today as my as my lights here are flickering. I don't know if that's a sign or not that Colorado is going to win the whole thing. But I'm sorry, Cal. Excuse me. I got, I'm looking at this tier. Freudian <laughs> slip there. Whoa. Hey, who knows? Who knows? But Eric, 
Go ahead and save me here with the white hot tier. Man, Jay setting a world record for <laughs> fastest flip on the Cal program in the history <laughs> of basketball prognostication. Uh, our white hot tier does not yet uh, feature Cal. Maybe they play their way into it. But for for me, you know, there's there's almost kind of a uh, a sub tier, maybe like a fractional divide within this tier. It's it's Arizona and USC, and then there's a pretty good size gap before we get to Colorado and that that big three uh, that that Mike detailed earlier, right? So these these are the three that I would say where we sit right now. I have the most confidence in terms of their ability to win games in this league and for their prospects to make their way into the big dance. But I mean, there are several teams in this simmer tier that can make some noise and play their way into this white hot tier. Yeah, I, I, I agree, including uh, Cal, Who? who's in that simmer tier. Yeah, you heard me. Do Let me do the dance one more time, just so you know that I'm talking about Mark Madsen and Cal <laughs> in that simmer section, uh, right there in the mid. Uh, of course, I'm going to beat the drum for Cal here and say that they could be the team that would jump up. Look out for Oregon as well. And I think Washington is too low, personally, in this in this group of tiers. I, I don't think that they're a bottom feeder necessarily I, I do think that they're going to be in that conversation to move up at least into that that similar tier as we have them right now on the warm but you know what mike was hitting on earlier about all of the the guys from overseas for Jeez. ucla like I, it's a, a ton of talent right uh but there's question marks is it all going to pan out is it all going to equate to success can we pronounce the their names? <laughs> I think uh, – hold on. Let me – Jan Vade. Yeah, Vade. There you go. You, you know, that's my guy. I'll just stick with yeah. Vade. I'll just stick with him. All right, Mike, since you got to go first all the time, all now right. you're going last. Hit that lukewarm. <laughs> uh, lukewarm. I'm going to go ahead and drag Cal down to – no, I'm just kidding. Hey, 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 hey. To me, uh, this bottom row is pretty clear. Um yeah, I just man like Oregon State and uh, and Washington State. Yikes! Um, yeah, I think we need to drag. Uh, I think we need to drag Washington up, guys, uh, up to the simmer uh, for Are sure. We doing it live. Let's just do it yeah. live. Live. Yeah. Bring it up. We'll do it live. Bring it up. Boom. Right. We'll do it live. Yeah. I feel more comfortable with this, so you know that's yeah. where that's where they belong in my. Yeah, don't don't forget those emojis at the top of the. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna throw them up in the simmer league. I might drag Cal down. They'll do that on, on live on air because you know Jay will get upset. But Arizona State, they need that waiver. They have got some talent. <laughs> Oregon State and Washington <laughs> State. It's gonna be a long year, guys. Uh, but yeah, I think it's just gonna be. You know, last year was a so top heavy. Um, yeah, got a couple other teams squeak in, and I think this year, uh, you know, four really solid teams are going to get in. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. I, I, that, that's the point I wanted to make as we wrap up the tier segment. Here is, yeah, it's still top heavy. And Eric, your opinion that there's like a sort of a sub tier there. I understand where you're coming from. I think the top of this conference is going to be a lot more bunched together this year. I do think that Cal will end up in that top tier by the, when it's all said and done. Oregon will push. I, I I might be higher on Washington than some, but Oregon and UCLA are also two teams that are going to – people are not going to want to play these teams on a night-in-and-night-out basis in this conference. I think top to bottom, this conference is in a better place than they were last year, and I do think we're going to see a little bit more of that parity. So, for the sake of it, as we adjusted live on air, Arizona, Colorado, and USC up in the white-hot tier – Simmering in the mid-tier is Cal, Oregon, UCLA. Ooh, you tickling, tickling my fancy right there. I see you moving, Cal. Up. Cal, Oregon, UCLA, Washington, Stanford, and those Utah Utes. And down there at the bottom tier of the Pac-12, the lukewarm Arizona State, Oregon State, and, of course, Washington State as well. That, ladies and gents, does it for the Pac-12 Conference preview powered by DrRoto.com right here on One and Done. We appreciate everybody that checked in with us live on YouTube and on Twitter, wherever you're checking us out, Twitter, X, whatever you call it. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us live. Going to go to Eric first for some final thoughts. Man, I, I think I'll just have to underscore what we talked about a lot in that, that tier segment, right? Like I think 
on the whole, this this league is going to be more competitive than it was last year, right? Like there was a point where you know we were counting up wins and losses down the stretch run to see if the Pac-12 was even going to get a fourth team in last year. I don't think that's going to be the case this year. You know, like I outlined that there are these kind of you know two programs in Arizona and USC that are are the clear favorites in my book. But after that, you know, we're all confident clearly in in this this league getting in four teams, and there's a good number of teams that can push for those last two spots pretty comfortably. So it's going to be a fun one to watch down the stretch run. Agree. Let's go to the captain. Put a ball on him, man. Yeah, uh, just real quick. Impact transfer is going to be huge. Who fits with the systems that they're going to? We talk about that a lot. We saw that a couple of years ago with Texas, right? You, you know, you have you win the transfer portal, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything. We'll see how the impact transfers go and then uh you know who's gonna surprise who's gonna break out uh it's gonna be huge but yeah i think it's gonna be a fun league staying up late right jay we will be staying up late and not just to watch hawaii like i've done like i did like too many times last season <laughs> watching <laughs> gameka hepa whatever for whatever reason just out there balling for the warriors out there we're going east though gents going east next show out to the acc so thanks for hanging out with us tonight uh, talking Pac-12, doing the thing. Make sure you like and subscribe. Thanks to Kaylin Riley and, of course, Myron. Good to see everybody there in the live chat. We appreciate y'all. Great show, everybody. We appreciate it. Tell somebody you love them. ACC coming up next. Have a nice day. Let's get this bread, baby. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out drrodo.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.